This is the 200 Churches Podcast. This podcast was created to provide resources and encouragement to leaders of small churches. Our mission is to encourage and equip leaders of the 94% of congregations in America under 500 members. Thanks for listening to the 200 Churches Podcast. My name is Jeff Cady, and I'm here with Johnny Craig. Johnny, I have a question for you. What do you got? The question is, how long does it take for a new person, a first-time visitor, how long does it take for them to get involved in a ministry in a church? How long do you think? Oh, man, that, that is a good question, Jeff. And I, I, think, I think the time gap is probably smaller at a 200 church, I would guess, than a larger church, because we, we notice right away the visitors who come through the door. Mm-hmm. Um, but even so, I'd say, I mean, I'm thinking at least a few months. At least a few months would be the time frame. Probably generally, it's, it's just too long. Generally, sure. Yeah, probably. Church. You know, my son attended a, I would call it a 200 church. It was a church of about 50 people this past weekend. He, about 50 people. He got in the door. He went in. He was a little bit early. He sat down in the back row. He went through the whole service. He got up. He left at the end. And nobody said one word really? to him. Nobody. Wow. Kind of surprising. They did ask if there were any first-time visitors to raise your hand that the usher had a special packet for you. He did raise his hand, and a guy came back and gave him a little special packet. But that was it. And then nobody talked to him. They put him on the spot to raise his hand, yeah. but they, they didn't talk to him. Okay. So if you're listening to this podcast, uh, let me tell you, if you're in a 200 church, boy, make sure that new people... Never walk into your church. And, the, and I have chased people out onto the patio before. I mean, I literally have chased a, I chased a couple one time across the street and said, hey, mister. And he turned around. I said, hey, you're not going to get away without me saying hi. I mean, I just, I do that. I'm sure that there have been some that we've missed. That's dedication. But, you know, I mean, in a 200 church, you need everybody you can get. That's right. That's absolutely so, right. So... Today we're going to talk about how to get people involved, how to get new people involved in ministry quickly. Now, I've seen a curriculum that you've had sitting around that you're using to teach the teenagers. It's called Not a Fan. And when I saw this curriculum, I thought, I'm not sure what that meant, not a fan, because I would think people, we want our kids and our students to be fans of Jesus. So explain what that means, not a fan. Sure. Yeah, the, the not a fan series that we're doing right now, it, the basic idea behind it is that a fan is just kind of like an enthusiastic admirer. So they just they sit back and they kind of enjoy the show. Um, but a follower is somebody who's getting like right into the scrum, like in the nitty gritty of of what it means to to follow Jesus, you know. Don't so don't just be a fan of Jesus, but get in there and follow him with your whole life. And this sounds like what we talk about sometimes with sports. You've got the athletes on the field that what what do they say that the athletes don't need the exercise and all the people up in the stands that are watching, you know, they need the exercise. That's, yeah, that's right. But they're just spectators. They're not involved. Yeah, same so, same thing. So this curriculum, you know, not a fan, don't be just a spectator, right? Right. Get down on the field and get involved. And really when it comes to our churches, we don't want our people in our churches to be spectators, to just come once a week, sit in the pew, kind of punch their card, and then leave. Right. Because ultimately, it's not good for the church and it's not good for them. So today I want to talk about, you know, why don't we involve new people in ministry more quickly? And Johnny, I want to talk about it with you. Well, I appreciate so, that, Jeff. So give me some ideas here. Why don't we? I, I think the first reason, the number one reason... Um, for why we don't get people involved more quickly in our ministry is fear. Um, and, and it could be fear of a lot of different things. 
um, I think fear of the unknown about a person. So what are their gifts? How competent are they? You know, when, when you approach somebody, um, for, for a ministry opportunity in your church, um, and just kind of out of the blue, it's their first or second Sunday. You don't know where they, where they are, you know, with their gifts. And so you have that fear going up to them. Well, we don't even know if they're a Christian. It's right? true, and that's I There's think so that's, many unknowns. The second thing would be the fear of theological difference, which maybe means salvation. Sure, first and foremost. Sure, but you know, it, it could be it could be anything. It could be uh, you know, are you concerned that the young woman in the front row has a different atonement theory than you do? Well, that would that would definitely impact her ministry. Can she play the trumpet for us? If, if she, she holds... might not be able to hit B flat if she has a different atonement ministry. Right. So we're we're afraid of these differences and um some of us can be afraid of asking, you know, it can be an awkward thing to saunter up to somebody and especially, you know, as the pastor, you come down from giving your sermon and you wander up and say, "Hey, you know, I I need something from you." You know, they that can be intimidating. So the fear of the ask. You know, that reminds me some years ago at the leadership summit, Bill Hybels made this talk and he talked about making the ask. Yeah. Making the ask. And how important it was when you had to make a big ask to sit somebody down, you know, meet them for lunch or whatever, and make that ask. Hybels talked about making the big ask, and sometimes it starts with a new person just having a little ask, you know, just saying, sure. hey, you know, we, we would like you to get involved in this or that. Okay, what else are we afraid of? Um, I think we're afraid that we don't know where to put somebody. Um, that maybe there's no obvious open spot where we can place them, you know, we don't, we don't see the the need you know we don't we don't feel the the location for where they might be and so we're afraid that hey we might approach them and then oops it turns out we don't have anywhere to put them well when when my church was 35 people i didn't have that many ministries sure so a new person comes in and it's kind of like you know there's no open slot there there aren't any slots and the few slots that there are they're all they're all filled and that i think is the final thing we're afraid of we're afraid of our current volunteers and you know maybe maybe janet is not the right person to be handing out bulletins because maybe janet doesn't smile ever mm-hmm. uh but we're afraid of janet a little bit and so uh we're afraid to move volunteers into maybe a new area where they might be more effective um because they're entrenched and so we're afraid of one ask, you know, and then having to move another volunteer with another ask, it's, right. a, it's just, you know, we're afraid of that rabbit trail. Yeah, and that's that's kind of a whole other subject that we won't get into. Yeah, exactly. That's some another area. But so we don't involve new people in ministry more quickly because of a fear of those things. And then, and then secondly is really generally we define ministry poorly. We just don't define ministry properly. We often limit our understanding of ministry to just that which happens in the four walls, within the four walls of our building. So that if the ministry is listed on the back of our bulletin, you know, youth ministry, children's ministry, greeters ministry, then those are the ministries. And, and we, we sometimes just limit our thinking to only those things that are, uh, that are on our bulletin. We limit our thinking to the, only those ministries that we currently have in our church. Um, you know, we, we've got these ministries in our church. We don't see a person maybe fitting into one of them. And uh, what's worse is we might limit our thinking to only the open slots. So let's say that we'll use Janet again, who's, right. who's this imaginary person. Janet comes in, and we know that the open slots we need, let's say we need uh, 
uh, we don't, but let's say because we don't have a choir, but let's say you need choir members and you need um, you need uh, a deacon or two. Well, Janet doesn't seem to fit because she sounds like uh, she can't sing when you first say hello to her. <laughs> right. And she's not a guy, so she can't be a deacon. And and so we kind of limit our thinking there. And then And then we think about ministry sometimes only in terms of programs, only in terms of programs. So... We think about like the Iwana program, right? Ministry can only happen within within the confines of a pre-existing program in our church, Iwana program, or maybe the Christmas program, or, or just some program that we're already doing. You know, finally, I think in misdefining ministry, we think of ministry only in terms of our of our church corporately, you know, as a group or as an organization, and we forget that ministry really is in terms of the church as individuals. That if we've got 50 people in our church, okay, minus some of the kids or whatever that aren't doing ministries yet, we've got, you know, 50 ministers in our church, 50 people that are involved in ministry. So we're afraid of all these things. We don't really define ministry properly. Johnny, how do we get new people involved more quickly? Well, I think I think the first step is is right where you landed there, is that we need to define ministry properly. And uh, I think what you said about 50 individuals and being 50 ministers is spot on. I think that's exactly right. Um, I think ministry looks like God's people using their gifts and abilities to serve him and to serve others. So when when we take our God-given giftings, it's a lot of G's, our God-given giftings, Mm -hmm. and we're using them to serve him and then serve others, that doesn't matter if it's at church, it doesn't matter if it's where you work, it doesn't matter if it's your family, that is, that's still a ministry because we're utilizing those gifts. And so once we kind of push the edges out on our definition of ministry, I think we can start to get people involved more quickly and more easily. So, so, so when you say it like that, it makes me think that most of the ministry that God's going to do through the people in our church is actually going to happen outside the walls of our church. Sure. I, they're going to be in church, what, a couple hours a week, um, but they, have, they live the vast majority of their lives outside of church. And so, you know, that's how we should be defining ministry as what's actually happening outside of the church. And yeah, certainly we have some ministries within the church. That's great. Every 200 church should have some ministries, um, but the vast majority of the ministries and the vast majority of their lives are going to be lived not in the building. See, this speaks back to, you know, how do we use the word church? Sure. Right? Every person, every believer in our assembly is church. They are the redeemed body of Christ. They are the body of Christ with gifts and abilities to serve wherever. And so sometimes the way we define church doesn't help us in thinking about ministry. So today we're just going to talk about specifically in just a second how to get people involved in our local fellowship, our local gathering. But at the same time, when we're thinking about defining ministry, we really can't forget that you know the big picture is about equipping our people to be ministers and to be serving God at their workplaces, at their schools, in their neighborhoods, in their homes. And you know, if we teach that big picture, and if we have an environment that everybody's a minister, we teach that big picture, probably the relatively few programs in our building, will we'll take care of themselves. They're, they're good because we're going to have people that want to serve. Yeah, and so it's important. What we're going to talk about now is specifically about within the church. But we're, this is not hypocrisy. <laughs> it's what we're talking about because it's you know as a leader of a two hundred church, we deal with the what happens within these four walls. But this is about a holistic understanding of 
you know, teaching them about ministry here in the church so that then they can go out and do ministry in their everyday lives. And again, specifically, right now we're talking about new people. Correct. New people. Because we may have people in our church that have been around for 15, 20 years. They're not serving. Well, we got to change the culture somehow. And the way we change the culture is by changing it with the new people coming in. So getting new people involved in service quickly. So what's the best way to do that, Jeff? Well, the first thing is, I think... Andy Stanley used this term some years ago at a Catalyst conference, and I've never forgotten it. And the term is that we have to only do what only we can do. Only do what only we can do. And it sounds simplistic, but, man, it's it's really, really hard. I mean, there's, there's only a few things that I, as a senior pastor, that, that only I can do. But there's an awful lot of things throughout the day that other people can do. And if I can be doing the only the things that only I can do, it, it just creates a necessity for other people to get involved. Now, at 200 churches, you know, we realize this is not completely uh, feasible. You know, there's going to be a lot of things on our plates um, as maybe a solo pastor or part of a smaller team. Um, but this, this is a good place to start, I think, Jeff. Uh, you're talking about only do the things that you can do. Because that's gonna that's gonna open up more opportunities for other ministries. Am I right? Exactly, and and that will just force us again to get other people involved. And that's kind of a big picture principle that we're just going to keep in mind. What, you know, what else? How do we get new people involved? I think another way is uh, when it comes to ministry, remember that together is always better. So we mm-hmm. need to take people along with us, invite people to join in with us uh, as we do ministry. So we wrote a blog a few weeks ago about the importance of delegation. And really what we talked about is, hey, don't be a hero. Don't try to do everything by yourself. You need to delegate these tasks out for yourself, your own health, and for the health of the people in your church. How mm-hmm. can they grow unless that's happening? So I, I do a lot of household projects, and it's because when I was a kid, my dad had me by his side whenever he was doing these projects. It's the same same idea. He taught me, and now I can do it myself, and I'll teach my son. And it's the same idea of, of doing ministry together. And a few weeks ago, you had to go down to another city, and you had to buy some stuff, and you took my boy with you. Yes. And he was helpful to you, and he learned some things, and he's learning how to be a minister, how to be a servant, because he's hanging out with you. So I appreciate that. You know, remember earlier we said that one of the reasons that we don't get people involved, new people involved in ministry quickly, is because we're afraid, because of fear. We're afraid they're incompetent, or maybe we're, <laughs> right. we're a, we have a fear of conflict, maybe with a person who's in a ministry. They're really not fit, for, you know, suited really well for it. We right. could put somebody else. Well, you know, sometimes I think we need to be more afraid of not involving people. If we're going to be afraid... How about that we're afraid of not involving people? How about that we're more afraid of people leaving our church because they're just bored? You know, there's nothing for them to do. How how about that we're more afraid of people going elsewhere because they don't sense that they have anything significant to offer in your church? Because nobody's ever come up to them and say, hey, you know, what, what do you like to do? You know, where would you like to get involved? They've never had anyone ask them. How, how about if we're more afraid of people not growing because they're not involved in serving. You know, I think we should be more afraid of church members missing out on receiving ministry and love from each other than we are of confronting somebody or than we are of asking somebody to be involved in ministry. And finally, I think we should be more afraid of lost people in our community that they're not being loved, they're not being ministered to because our people 
are not equipped for ministry. Um, I think those are the things that we need to be afraid of, and those things will, will really force us to see new people and be eager to see them involved in ministry. So don't be afraid of, of involving people in the ministry quickly. Be more afraid of, of the you know, after effects of not involving them exactly. quickly enough. Exactly. I, th- I think the last thing when we're talking about how to get people involved um, in ministry quickly inside of our church, I think the last thing is um, when someone shows the slightest inkling of interest in serving, to get them involved the same day or the same week. Mm-hmm. And I, I met with a college student. His, his appendix has, had burst. And I went to see him. He was pre-op. And he was just laying there in the in the hospital bed, and we were talking for a little bit. And he said something about, "Oh, I'm a youth ministry major in college." And we were talking. And as he's laying in bed, waiting to have surgery on his appendix, I'm recruiting him <laughs> to to help me out with different did, things. Did he the sign church. on the bottom line? <laughs> yeah, I handed him the contract right there. But uh, you like, know, like you said that guy is actually coming to help this week. He in will your be here ministry. this week. That's exactly right. Boy, yeah, you and, know, you had a captive audience. He, yes, I did. I did. And he was i think he he preferred that he he was glad to be recruited you know and in that moment it it wasn't like rude to him mm-hmm. you know i i felt the vibe and so uh you know to be able to get people involved right away and one last illustration we did an announcement a few weeks ago we said hey we need some artists around here we have we have some design we need and some painting we mm-hmm. need to get done um you know just talk to me after the service and we had a woman who it was her first sunday in the church and she came and talked to us about it, said, you know, I actually do this for a living. I paint murals. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, right. you know, I'm interested in this, uh, in this project that you have going on. And the first Sunday, so this week she was back. And she was already meeting with our children's director. They were scoping out the basement, uh, the areas that they were going to be doing. In two weeks, uh, this lady has a job. You know, yeah. in the church, she has a ministry yeah, her already. First two weeks, yeah. And, and now, you know, this doesn't happen to us every week. No, right? but it, thankfully, as we're doing this podcast, it just happened in the last two weeks, and it is so exciting when people, when we see people getting involved, taking ownership, and feeling that significance. We have a couple in our church; they've been here for about three years, and one of the things that they said to me that that really drew them to our church was they have lived in a number of different cities and they've visited at a number of different churches. And one of the things that uh, has been very common is for them not to be able to get involved in a ministry in a church. So they'll be in a church for a month or two, and they'll start asking about getting involved in a ministry. Now, I don't understand this, but this guy tells me, and I, I believe him, he said, they'll, they'll look at him and they'll say, you know what, all our slots are full. We, wow. We don't, we just don't, we don't need anybody right now. <laughs> wow. I mean, I, I just can't imagine a pastor telling somebody we don't need, we don't have any openings right now. And so he said, when they came to our church, Immediately, his wife was able to get involved in the children's ministry, and we immediately recruited him to get on this ad hoc committee to serve in an area where it's his it's his specialty, it's his expertise. So, again, in 200 churches, we think it's so important to get people involved in ministry, but to get new people involved quickly Recruit and change the culture. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so wrap it up for us, Johnny. Um. I think that, you know, we talked about the two biggest things stopping people would be the fear and mm-hmm. then a poor definition of ministry. And so first thing we need to do is define ministry correctly Yep. and, and start that new culture. 
um, right there at our 200 churches, then we need to be um, committed to doing only what we can do, or mm-hmm. at least trying, you know, don't take on everything, do those things that you're called to do, Um Work together with other people. Delegate that stuff. Don't be afraid of people. Be more afraid of losing people. Mm -hmm. Um, That's really what we should be afraid of as pastors. And then remember, if anybody shows any interest, get them hooked up. Get them, get them linked in, and and get that um, ministry started with them right away, and see you know see their personal growth and the growth that you'll experience at your two hundred church. Strike when the iron is hot. That's exactly right. Thanks for listening um, to this two hundred churches podcast. We uh, we really appreciate it, and we can't wait to talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to this 200 Churches podcast. Remember, your leadership in your 200 church matters huge in the kingdom of God. 